Nefesh Achaim. We're holding in Perak Yudadid. This is really the last Perak of Shara Shlishi. And a combination of what this Shara came to explain to us. Let's learn it together. We saw so far in the previous Perak. We learned about the difference of the level of Moshe Rabbeinu to the level of the Ovis Hakadoshim. The Ovis Hakadoshim, the miracles which they were shown, were in the category of Hashem's name, Kel Shakai, which means Hakadosh Baruch Hu's mastery, control, and ability to direct nature the way He wants it to be. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu was zeichet to a high level of nevo. Moshe Rabbeinu was zeichet to a level of nevo of Hashem Hashem, which means Hashem provides existence. And everything only exists the way Hashem wants it, because He wants it to exist and how He wants it to exist. And therefore, it's not just miracles which can direct things in, his, in nature to do what Hashem wants them to do. It's miracles which show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can recreate things. Their very essence is subject to His will. And that's a level which approaches what we spoke about, the idea that Enel Milvadeh. There isn't anything else. Everything else is just a demonstration of his ratzim. And Hashem can will it to be one way or can will it to be a different way. That was Moshe's hasaga of Nevoa, Moshe's level of understanding of Nevoa. And in that, from that exalted place, he brought down miracles of that nature to Klai Israel. He also saw that why Moshe didn't see himself as having any personal intrinsic existence. What am I? I'm nothing. Not that Moshe didn't know that he was a Novi, a human being, a tzaddik, the one who gave us the Torah, that's for sure true. But that's just how Hashem Zratzen wanted Moshe to be. Without that is nothing. And what we saw this was the level above Avram. Avram said, I'm dust and ashes, which means he considered himself very insignificant. But nevertheless, something which has a certain amount of existence. Now, the Nefesh HaChaim is going to continue in this vein and explain Moshe Rabbeinu's Hasaga a little bit better, a little bit deeper. And then he begins Parakadar and he says, And the Zeus, Haisa Moshe Rabbeinu Rav HaShalom, Muchan Kol Regal That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was ready at any given moment for Nevo. He said, stand and listen, I'll listen to what Hashem has to say to me. At any given second, he could have spoken to Hashem. Similarly, there was no specific place which Moshe had to go to to get Nebuah. We could ask, we could ask Hashem and be given Nebuah anyway. And it was all by Shavuah Gemurah, exactly the same. Made no difference where it was. We can ask a question on that. Because we see that, for example, Moshe says to Pari that I have to leave the palace to speak to Hashem. And if Moshe was able to attain the Vua anyway, so why couldn't he attain the Vua in Pari's palace too? And the answer is the question is really a mistake. Moshe could attain the Vua in Pari's palace. In fact, he did. When Moshe told Pari, I won't see your face again, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu still had in mind to bring another Makkah, 
the Makas Bechairis, and he wanted Moshe to warn Parah about that. So Hashem reveals himself to Moshe in Parah's palace, so that Moshe can still warn Parah about the Makkah before his promise of not to see your face again will come into effect. And if that's the case, it wasn't that Moshe couldn't receive Nevoah in Paris palace, as we see, indeed, in fact, he did. Rather, it was a concept of Hashem's presence was too great to be in a place of idolatry if it didn't have to be. And therefore, Moshe would leave the Paris palace to speak to Hashem, not because he wasn't able to see Hashem in Paris palace. And similarly, Chazal say in Shirashirim, Why did Hashem speak to Moshe from the bush? There's no place in the world which is separate, which is empty from the Shechina. And this is all the few Moshe's Madrega, because the idea of separate levels, separate places, places which are higher, places which are lower, places which are more uh, appropriate for Ruchni's places, which are less, that whole division only comes from seeing the world as levels that Hashem created. And if that's the case, the levels which are greater and levels which are less great, levels which are closer to Hashem and levels which are more distant. But if a person sees everything as being HaKadosh Baruch is making it exist as it is right now. Then there's no such thing as something more distant and something more close. And if that's the case, Moshe's Hasaga was in any place, in any time, it's all by Hashem And Hashem is able to reveal Himself anywhere to Moshe because it wasn't like there was a place which was more appropriate in the world than any other. Other Nevi'im had to go to the Besamikdash or in certain circumstances where they would be able to Zerchot Nuvah. Which means they saw the base of Mikdash as a place of exalted, more than other places, of elevated Ruchnius, a place more capable to receive the Buddha. And on that perspective, it's true. If one is going to talk about different places in the world and ascribe Kedusha to them, which means how close they are to the source, to Hashem, and how distant they are, then for sure, then the Benavim were right. The base of Mikdash comes first. In that sense, it's closest to Hashem. But if one's looking to see a world which is a different world, the world Moshe could see, and that is that all exists as Hashem wants it to exist. It's not something separate created which can be created at different stages. It's all existing right now in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's So then, like he says, everything is Bashvah Gemara. And if that's the case, what did, what did Moshe Rabbeinu ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to grant him which he was denied? It says Nef when he asks to see Hashem's covered, to understand the mouse, the meaning of this tremendous level, and to see the whole world is an example of Hashem's covered. There's no way apart from that, different from that. And what Hashem did tell him, as you can see, you can see from behind, you can't see, you can't see my face. What does that mean? What was missing from Moshe's Hasaga of Nevoah? Moshe's level that this was, there was nothing besides Hashem. And Moshe's understanding that everything is just an, uh, a, re- a reflection, a revelation of what Hashem wants. And the whole world only exists on that level. 
So what more did he ask for to be shown that was and that was something beyond that level, which was denied him. So if we look carefully at the words of the Nefesh Achayim, one could really point out two diyukim. And uh, it could be they're both correct, and it could be they're both saying the same thing. The one is that Moshe didn't ask to understand the world, that to understand the level that we're talking about, that there is such a level, but nothing exists besides Hashem. Rather, what Moshe was asking was to understand that. In other words, he appreciated it, he could connect to it, but now to see each incident in the world and understand why that was uh, Hashem's ex- desire for it to exist, that's something more complicated. In other words, that, uh, that everything exists only as much as it's Hashem wanting it to exist, I can understand. But what's the mahus? What's the reason? Why does Hashem want things to exist? That's already a level which is beyond. And Hashem needs to explain what His plan was and why He needs need things to exist and why every tiny item in the world is somehow being used to further and to achieve that plan. So that's the one deal. The other deal is Moshe didn't ask to be shown Hashem. What he asked was, Hashem, show me your covet. And what's the, what does he want to see by Hashem's covet? So we understand that they're two different concepts. We have to understand how they work together. The one is what we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon, and the other one is what we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu's covet. Because we know that Hashem's Ratzon, Hashem's, Hashem wants, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is everything, is Hashem wants. We know also that everything in the world is meant to bring to Kvad Shemayim. And what's the difference between the two? So, let's start with Ratzon first. Everything is Kiritzayinai. Everything in the world is the way Hashem wants it to be. Even on the basic level of the money, we understand that whatever we see around us, every tiny little detail is Kiritzayinai. Hashem created the world exactly the way He wanted the world to be. And therefore, whatever happens in the world is exactly what Hashem wanted it to be. And... Uh, things which are good or bad, or whatever they may be, they're there for a reason. Hashem wanted them to be there. So, at one level, a level of Bitaqa and a level of Imunah, to see a world which is Kirit Sinai. To see a world where every single detail is a gili, is, an, a, is a, so to speak, a, a revelation to us of Hashem's Ratzim. He wanted it to be the way it is, and therefore each item is meant to be the way it is, how it is, that's Hashem's Ratzim. Every incident which happens is Hashem's Ratzim too. But that doesn't mean that we've seen Kavodai. We've seen Rutsoinai. We've seen the world around us, the world Hashem wanted, and we accept it's the way Hashem wanted it. But how's everything in the world doing what Hashem wants it to do? Bringing to the result Hashem wants it to bring to. Taking a part, even as a tiny cog, in turning the wheels of history to bring to the final result, that we don't see yet. That we don't see yet because we, it's still a process which is unraveling in front of us. It's still something which is taking place. And therefore, to be asked to shine Hashem's covered, which means not just that everything in the world is, a, 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 so to speak, a, a gilui, a revelation of Hashem's ratzen, but that it's doing something to bring about the final point that Hashem wants in the world. And it's all working together to, to bring the world to the stage Hashem wants it to be. That's how everything contributes to Hashem is covered. 
is something we don't see. And even Moshe doesn't see. And that's why Shem tells him, you can, you can only see that when it's all done its job. You can only see the final portrait when all the pieces have been filled in. You can only see the full kaleidoscope of how everything connected and contributed to bring to Hashem's goal when you can see how everything plays out and will eventually get there. And until then, the Irani Adam. You can't, that's then something that even Moshe, as much as he understood that everything is happening, it's Hashem. And it's Hashem's Ratzin which is taking place. But to be able to see how that's going to bring to Hashem, what it to bring to, how that's going to provide the Kvod Shemayim in the long run, was something that hasn't been shown to people yet. So that's the level of Hashem. And that continuing in the Hakkah, that's how we saw previously, the Gemara says that the difference between when Moshe said Shema, in the Torah, when Yaakov Avinu said Shema, is that Moshe doesn't say the Pasuk of Baruch Shemifat Malchus whereas Yaakov does. And what's the difference? So the Nevesh Chaim explains to us, V'gam kain echad me'atamim, Mashi Yaakov Avinu, O'la v'asholam, 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 Yaakov said that Moshe didn't. Why? Because like we said beforehand, that the Shavach of Baruch Shankfayed Malchus Al-Anambayit is the Shavach that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Melech. There's a world that Hashem rules the world. That's the Shavach on the level of the, of the Ovis. That within the framework of the world Hashem created, He's in charge. Whereas if a person is looking at the level of Hashem Echad, and that there's nothing besides Hashem. So there isn't a Malchus which is a ruler. He's the exist. He he's giving existence to everything. That's why it's called the lower level of Yehud. And therefore, it says, "Ki inyan shevach baruch shem." Mashmash yesh gam ken mitzias koyches v'adamus. There's a whole system, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is given covered by that whole system, which was the level of Davos. Chena mora Yaakov. That's why Yaakov, when he is praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu, he uses those words as well. Shuk pimad regasa. On Madrigas Asagas Moshe Ben Alav Hashalom Kavishu Biyano Moshe's level was higher. Or Gam Ken Etzem Inyan Hayichud the Teves Echad the Kriyashma Kavish Mispar Hashem. Lachen Hulam Baruch Shem Kavim Alchusa Biyichodot. Since Moshe was on the level to understand Hashem Echad, that everything is only Hashem, and everything which you see in the world is only a giri of Hashem's ratzon. So we made he didn't need to add a lower level, so to speak, of Imiyachat Hashem by saying Baruch Shem Kavim Alchusa. Now, says Nevshachayim, going back to describe the level of Moshe, It wasn't that Moshe stayed in one place, he kept growing and becoming greater in this level. Until Moshe got to the highest level possible for a human being to get to. We're talking about Moshe's Nebuah. And the word, like we saw, is not just a, is an, an added gift that a person has. The level of the word a person has is really indicative of a person's spiritual level. Because the greater he is, and the, the more he's refined himself, which means the more pure the lens that his nefesh presents in front of his neshama, the more able to clear, he's able to see clearly through it. And therefore, the more the person's on a higher darga, uh, corresponds to the more clear his nevoah is going to be. And Moshe Rabbeinu, whose nevoah is considered as Paklari Hameira, he was able to see through a completely clear lens, means that Moshe Rabbeinu's body presented no obstacles to that. Now we're not just talking about Midas, that's what the Raman talks about, but now we see something else too. 
And that is not just the, no, that Moshe's midas weren't perfected, and therefore they wouldn't were perfected, and therefore they didn't present an obstacle to his nevoah. Whereas Aaron and Avim, who weren't as perfect, the nevoah was a little bit more opaque. But there's another point here also. That is, Moshe didn't see his existence as being something which was a stereo to Hashem. The very fact that he existed was only Hashem's Ratzin that he exists. It wasn't something separate to that. And therefore here also, that, that nature of, of Moshe existing also didn't present something which was separate, so to speak, to HaKadosh Baruch So that's the level of Moshe, and like we said, Moshe, who reached an unsurpassed level. And where does it express itself, this level? That when well, he's going to explain to us from the Pasuk, when Moshe tells him in the second paragraph of Shema, Vayim Shema Tishmo, to listen to Hashem, Le'avis Hashem Le'keichum Le'avdei, to love Hashem your God and serve Him, so Moshe is talking to the third person about Hashem, that you instructed to love Hashem, to serve Him, and then the Pasuk carries on, what will the reward be? V'teichich Le'apasuk, Sh'acharov, Ramah Balashem Badaber, Ba'adoi, then Moshe switches to the first person, I'm going to provide your rain in its time. So what's Moshe saying? He's going to provide the rain? Obviously not. It's not something Moshe is authorized to do. Hashem provides the rain. So why did Moshe switch? Talking about loving Hashem your God, and not saying Hashem your God will provide the rain. Why is he talking in the first person? So, just to preempt what Nevesh Chaim is going to use to explain this, we find the Pasuk, which Nevesh Chaim brings, that talks about the level of Moshe's Nebuah. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu was displeased with Aaron and Miriam about talking somewhat slightingly about Moshe's level, so Hashem gives them Moshe. How dare you speak about my servant Moshe? And when he's describing the level of Moshe, what he says is that by Moshe, I speak to him mouth to mouth. Now, if you ever wondered about that, it's a bit of a strange expression. You can say you speak to somebody face to face, which means directly. And then the Torah talks about that. But Moshe was in the level, face to face you can talk about. But what does it mean to speak to somebody mouth to mouth? You don't speak to someone's mouth. If anything, you speak to their ears. Why would you be talking to their mouth necessarily? And if that's the case, what did Hashem mean in the Pasuk? And the Nefesh Chaim is not as well. It doesn't say, Pe'al Be'adabir Loi, which means mouth to mouth I'll speak to him, but Pe'al Be'adabir Boi, mouth to mouth I'll speak in him. What does that mean? That's how Moshe could talk, the first person describing Hashem, because Hashem is speaking mouth to mouth in him. Like the Nevshachim explained it, Moshe, when he talks, is speaking as a mouthpiece of Hashem. And therefore, he's speaking as the way Hashem would speak. And therefore, when Moshe speaks, he's really, he's really saying the words Hashem says. That's the level which is called that the Shechina speaks from his throat. Speak math math in him, not to him. And a boy mamish. And what does that mean? It means that normally a Navi sees himself as somebody who receives Dvar Hashem and transmits Dvar Hashem. So he hears what Hashem says, 
And then he relays what Hashem says. Whereas by Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't that Moshe considered himself, so to speak, a obstacle to the continuation of the Vah. That he heard what Hashem said and now he chooses to give it up. Rather, Moshe becomes the vehicle of Nava. And therefore, Moshe says, Hashem saying. Moshe is just giving uh, a mouth to being able to broadcast the words Hashem says. Now, that doesn't mean Moshe didn't understand. It doesn't mean Hashem said the words and Moshe's mouth was just being used as a, so to speak, as a loudspeaker. That's what happened to Bilam. Hashem wanted Bilam to say something. Hashem put words in his mouth and forced him to say them. Bilam did agree or didn't agree or didn't understand, didn't understand that was irrelevant. Bilam was just being used as the puppet to broadcast what Hashem wanted him to say. But Moshe wasn't like that. Moshe understood. Moshe was a Navi. But the Navi was on the level that Moshe saw himself not as something independent, separate, which is receiving the Navi and then giving over the Navi, but as an agent of the Navi. And therefore, the words he said, these are the words of Hashem saying, I'm saying. It's not the words I'm hearing Hashem say and now giving over. It's I'm, the words Hashem said are being said through me. And therefore, because Shekhinah and Abaris it's was speaking from his voice. In a way, to understand the level that a person sees the world around him is nothing of reality, but rather just an example of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is somewhat easier than a person seeing himself like that. And what the person does is really just HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wanting things to happen through the medium of him, rather than the person deciding and doing. That's a much greater darga. Not because the person doesn't have das, not because the person doesn't have bechira, but a person can get to the level where he can see that and understand that. And that is that everything in this world is just Hakadosh uh, Baruch's ratzin, which has been crystallized into the form it's taking, and it's doing Hashem's ratzin whatever by whatever it's doing. And therefore, Moshe saw himself as Hashem's ratzin. To use to be use him as the way to speak to Klai Yisrael, and when Hashem spoke, then it spoke through him to Klai Yisrael. This Madrega, which we can try maybe with difficulty, in some way, begin to understand, definitely not a Madrega that people reach, definitely not today. And says the no person ever achieved such a darga may ace chait adam rishon. Vagam yiskei Hashem adam yishom enosh yabeshta albiyaskayel mishbeherav yamein. No person has been zayichet this level since the time of adam rishon, and no one will be zayichet this level until the time of Mashiach. Mashiach ha'atar akadosh v'lakom navi yad yisrael k'moshe. No navi ever came like moshe, and he was talking about the past. He says refers to the future too. Because every Torah in the Torah can say that no Navi has ever come like Moshe. The Torah doesn't change. Now, this needs explanation. Because the Mashmaz and Nevesh is that until the time of Mashiach, but that seems to indicate that when Mashiach comes, there would be or there could be a Navi similar to Moshe. And it goes against the Torah. The Torah says that there won't be a Navi like Moshe, and that's, the Torah is absolute. The Torah is forever. And therefore, it would mean that not even in the future. Similarly, when he said, not since the time of Adam Rishon, well, the Torah says, not ever. There was, never was a Navi like Moshe. 
And see the Rambam writes. The Rambam writes when he talks about Mashiach. The Rambam talks about Mashiach and he says that Mashiach will be a Navi, a great Navi, second only to Moshe Rabbeinu. Which means Moshe's place in Jewish history reigns supreme. Even Mashiach, who will be a tremendous Navi, won't be at the, the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, and it's because that's what the Torah says, that there won't be a Navi like Moshe. And therefore, maybe what Nevi Shachai means is that there will be another Navi who has a similar Hasaga, who has a Navi of Hashem Hashem like Moshe had, but to say that he will be as great as Moshe is difficult because that will go against the Edus of the Pasuk. And that's what he says, because even Torah talking in the past tense, the Torah is Nitzchis, the Torah will always be able to say the same words, and in any Torah they'll be able to look back and say, no, no Navi ever became as great as Moshe. But now the Yavishachai says something else, which is more surprising. And he says, A person's mechoyev to think, when will my deeds reach the deeds of my ancestors of Ritzak Yaakov? It doesn't say a person is meant to think, when will my deeds reach the deeds of Moshe? And the implication, the way Nefesh Chaim seems to be explaining it, is because that's impossible. Moshe is not in the, something we can aspire to become. The obvious is something maybe we can try and emulate and get closer to, but not Moshe. Never a person is not high to think in terms of, can he be more similar to Moshe? Now, this is difficult, because this is the first Rambam and Hilchus and the Rambam says over there, that every person can be a tzaddik like Moshe. That's not a steer to the Rambam that we mentioned before, that will never be as great a Navi. There's two different levels. There's a level of a person being a tzaddik, and there's a level of a person being a Navi. A tzaddik means is a person doing mitzvahs, is he using his opportunities, is he focusing his life on the way Hashem wants him to spend it. And yes, if a person uses, does mitzvahs like Moshe, uses his life like Moshe to do the right thing, always exercises Bechidah correctly like Moshe, so then if that's the case, you can be a Tzadik like Moshe. But when it comes to Nevoah, so like we saw previously, and this is brought in the Shemona Prakim of the Rambam, when it comes to Nevoah, so then Nevoah isn't a uh, function just of a person's actions. Nevoah is a, fun- a question of how much a person's perfected themselves, how much they've cleansed the lens of the Nisham, how much they've refined their Midas. That's how much they can see. And in that area, a person can't, um, can't match Moshe. Maybe he can do things like Moshe did, but he can't rise to the level that Moshe rose. And that's the case, so then we have a question of Shachai. Because then a person could say, If it's talking about deeds, if it's talking about things a person does, then maybe a person could. It's just when it comes to talking about Moshe's level that a person can't. And really, the Nefesh Rechaim is right for a different reason. And there is, the Nefesh doesn't say a person should say, That's for a reason. And it's a different reason. Moshe's Maisim was to take us out of Mitzrayim, to bring us the Torah, to build us the Mishkan, to take us through the Midbar, to give us the Man. All those things were things which only needed to be done once in history. They didn't need to be repeated. Hashem didn't have to give us the Torah a second time. Hashem didn't take us to the Midbar a second time. And therefore, therefore the Maisei Moshe were things which were unique to Moshe's stage and Moshe's generation. 
there aren't things which are going to replicate themselves again, and therefore there's no point for us to try and emulate them. They're not called for in the running of the history of the world. Whereas the Maise Ovois, what we learn from them, weren't things which a person can't be put in a similar situation and be able to do as well. Just like Abraham was a Baal Chesed, today a person also gets tested for his Chesed. Just like Abraham was a Baal Bitochen, a person can also be a Baal Bitochen. And Abraham had been a Mysterious Nefesh, there's a certain amount a person can exercise Mysterious Nefesh as well. And therefore the Maise Abraham Yisrael Kviyakov are something which can be like a gold standard that a person can try and work towards. But the Pashas is the Maise Moshe are things which aren't going to be repeated and don't need to be repeated. Not like Nevesh Chaim says, that it's a child of Moshe's level. Because like we saw in the Rambam, that Moshe's level is the level of, of the level he rose to. The deeds he did, well everybody can do the deed, their, their, their deeds, right? And be like Moshe. And as we say that the, the deeds Moshe did were as a result of his level of Nevoah, in order to give us a Torah, he needed to be on such an exalted plane of Nevoah, and then if that's the case, the two are connected. Moshe's deeds aren't repeatable because Moshe's level, which was needed to do those deeds, is not repeatable either. But having now discussed the level of Moshe, now eventually the Nefesh comes back to the point that he wanted to talk about, and that is really the underlying concept of this whole chapter. He said, nevertheless, a person can't reach that level of Shlemus. A person can't be in a place where he only sees HaKadosh Baruch Hu's and he doesn't see his own existence as anything separate to that. But at least when he comes to davening. So he should try as much as he's able and feel the level of tire or purity that he has to battle any other Koyach and it would interfere with his Tvila. There's nothing besides Hashem at all. And connect only to Hashem and nothing else. And then again, this is the difference between Torah and Tvila. We saw previously Torah is built on the world as a way that people understand the world. And the world people understand is built on higher levels and lower levels. And it's an existence which part of his closest to Hashem or medicine to Hashem. And therefore there's Kaddish and there's Tameh and there's Tar and there's good and there's bad, and there's places which are more more uh, places of Ruchnius and places which are places of more uh, of more tumma. and then Halakh will define the differences between those things. Because the Torah that's given to this world is Lafi, the Hasagat, the way that people in this world are expected to understand. That's what Hashem instructs us. And therefore to live this world in a higher level that everything is only a Gili of Ritzainai, so then that's very hard to keep the halacha and see G'darim of what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad in a worldview where everything is just Hashem. But that's as far as Torah goes. Therefore, when it comes to the Torah, we have to apply the world way with the way we understand it. Where it's normally seen, that's the Chedesh Nefesh HaChaim. When it comes to Tfilah, and then a person's davening, then the more a person's able to detach and understand there's nothing in this world besides Hashem. I'm talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because he's the Kol Yachol and he's everything. There's nothing besides for him. Then that's a place where a person, as much as he's able to, can focus his thoughts on this. Now, it's not so simple to do that. For example, the Gemara talks about the fact that a person is potter from davening if he's tarot. If he's got things which are disturbing him, so they interfere with his concentration, so he can't daven. And the question is, why would something disturbing him interfere with his davening? It could interfere with his learning. 
What is davening? On the contrary, the fact that something is disturbing him is a reason to daven. Hey, Hashem will take, take away the disturbance. If a person is tired because he's unwell, Hashem can heal him. If he's a person is tired because he has enemies, Hashem can, deal, Hashem can destroy the enemy. If a person is tired because he's poor, Hashem can enrich him. So why would that be a reason to think that a person is potter from davening because he's tired? And the answer is, because normally the way a person davens is that, that he sees things which interfere with him, problems that he has, and he asks the Kaddish Baruch so to speak, to use his kayak to overcome the problem. But that's all to fill on the lower level. On the lower level where there are things which Hashem has created and they exist, and Hashem has to deal with them, overpower them, or direct them, whatever it may be. But if a person's on the level, which is higher than that, that nothing else exists in the world behind, besides Hashem, so then it can't be something else is giving is is the source of tears, it's the source of disturbance. If nothing exists besides Hashem, so then this isn't a disturbance. This is what Hashem wants. And therefore, uh, not everyone is able to reach this level in Tefillah. But I'll call upon the Prakim sometimes. A person isn't always on the same level. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's more difficult to reach that level of seeing or being able to see the world in such a light. Nebuchadnezzar says in his dar to stay on that level in every tefillah was nearly impossible. The Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar said, I can point to people from Dhaling for this reason. There's Tiridus. And Tiridus means that they shakur in the world where they see Kiidu things exist, and that prevents them from getting to this high level of being able to love them. I'll call it another person is serving Hashem Batara and who works hard on this. That everything he says should be in favor for Hashem. To touch the level of transcendence that there's nothing besides Hashem, sometimes the person is able to get a glimmer of it, a feeding for it, a smell of it. And now eventually the Shachem is going to go back to how he began the whole shower. And that is, what do we mean when we say we're davening a makam before the place? What we mean is we're davening in front of Hashem. Why does the why does the words of Chazal describe Hashem as the place? So now he explains. Something in the Mishnah but rather why is it called a makam? Ratzalam is sheitzarech liyazar benafshemoy. So be very careful. Shleil chavin velasim magamas liba betfilasei. When a person is davening, he should have the intention on chasal shem shem sfira. Afir men etzarim no spiritual koyach. None of Hashem's midas. But that's all in the realm of something which is something separate to Hashem chasal shalom. Velayzo levad el shleil chavin shem sfira v'kach el levad. Ki huavayda lelay like a emes. The kids in the Tzitz Chas Hashem, that's already touching a boy desire, that a person isn't turning to Hashem himself, but rather to some dimension of his Kayach. But, When a person davens, nothing else exists. It's clear there's no world, and there's no people, and there's nothing, there's only Ratzon Hashem. And that's a level which he says, uh, even Batar is Shaykh in the bracket, Rezabilvabinatfila, Shagama Isaac Batar, Shikaskam Sakaroi, Gamkan Shikha Shatiya, Obidai Samadraga, 
There's a certain level that a person makes himself as if he isn't, which means it's not something independent, separate, which Hashem is stronger than, but rather just something which is there and the way Hashem wants it to be. And that's why Hashem is called the Makam, and therefore a person is to what does that mean? So we said before, this level that Kilo Hashem didn't create something separate. It's all there's only a Kaddish Baruch Nothing is an obstacle. Nothing is a lack of Hashem's actus, except just like when a person thinks something. So those thoughts are inside his mind. They don't take away from his mind. They're within his mind. So same thing. The whole Bria. The entire span of the universe is all within Hashem's Ratzin. Hashem's Ratzin, that there should be a world, that Ratzin, so to speak, in Hashem's mind, is the mark where the world gets created. And it's not an opposition to Hashem, it's not something separate, it's within Him. His Ratzin is what's making everything happen. His Ratzin is everything that we see. And therefore, just like we talk about something which holds something, as, as is its Mokam, the place where it's anchored, the place which holds it, so where is the world? It's not floating in, in nothing. Where is the world? And the depth of the answer is, it's within Hashem's Ratzin. That's where it happens. That's where it exists. It's encompassed within the mind, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, Hashem is the Mekoyim HaShalodim. He's the place in which the world exists. The ability to be massive that, to relate to it, is something that sometimes the person can begin to touch during Tefillah. And that's what Davka by Tefillah, we find this expression that a person is to daven, to the Mokam Baruch A person is to dive into this point of feeling a Kaddish Baruch as the Mokam, as the source in which everything rests.